This is Dory Burdell, and you are listening to the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. Hey, are you or someone you care about considering, dealing with, or being through a divorce or separation? Well, you're in the right place. You don't have to do this alone. There are people who care and want to help. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thanks for joining me on the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. You are going to hear from our team of experts and professionals how to navigate this difficult transition in your life easier, more efficiently, and with better outcomes. Did you know we host online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome? Check out the links in our show notes and be sure and join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. Do you want to try and get through a divorce or a separation and be able to unhook from the drama and just proceed prepared with a calmer, less conflict approach? Well, Dory Bridell a divorce mentor can coach you through that. She can be there to help you be prepared, whether you're using a lawyer or a mediator or whatever the process might be. She can help you with those very difficult conversations. If you need to tell somebody that you're ready for a divorce, help you plan for parenting. Incredible, incredible value in having a divorce mentor on your team. So tune in right now and meet her and learn more about how having a divorce mentor on your team will make a massive difference in the process. Dory, I am thrilled that we met and I am excited to introduce you to my audience. Now, divorce coaches and divorce mentors are something that a lot of people aren't aware exist. And that is one of the biggest reasons that I'm excited to share the different personalities that are out there for people to connect with. And, you know, it's, it's similar to a lawyer, find somebody you can trust and really feel confident working closely with. And I think as a divorce mentor, I love that that is how you define the work that you do for people. So welcome to the show. Please tell us more about yourself, a bit about your why and then we're going to dive into what a divorce mentor is and how they can support people. Thanks, Tina. I'm really glad to be here. So my name is Dory Burdell. My company is The Divorce Mentor. I've been practicing for over three years, going into my fourth now. And I am a CDC certified divorce coach, CDC certified divorce recovery and transition coach, and a DCA trained divorce conflict coach. And I know that's a big mouthful. <laughs> so uh, what I do is I work with men and women locally, nationally, internationally, and I help them on all parts of the path of this divorce process, whether it be pre or post or all the muck in the middle. And the majority of my work is just like this, talking to private clients one-on-one -on, -one, uh, on a regular basis. I also facilitate these incredible support groups with a really structured expert advice piece. And uh, it's a beautiful thing for those people that are seeking community in a really, really isolating time. And then the third type of work that I do, Dina, is I work um, with hands-on financial documentation preparation. So in some instances, generally high conflict and extensive litigation, there's an extra burden of document providing. So I work directly with the client and their lawyer to organize those big piles of papers so that the lawyer has what they need to work on achieving the outcomes that they are after. So that's what I do. And then I knew you were going to ask me about my why. <laughs> so as you can probably guess, uh, my why starts with me having my own divorce. I experienced a three-year high conflict divorce and it took me out at the knees. There's no denying it. My second lawyer of three, and nobody fired me, by the way. My second lawyer said to me that uh, my circumstance was one of the worst she'd ever seen in all of her years practicing family law. 
really difficult to get me through the process. Um, it was a time full of fear, a time full of all of this uncertainty, no confidence that I was making the right decisions for myself and my children. I was one court process after another or a financial process or a parenting process. So the learning curve was really steep. And even though I had three tremendous lawyers, some of Edmonton's best, I also had a terrific therapist that was endless support for me. And I worked with two parenting coordinators through that process. There was still a gap in, in what I needed from people to help me through it. And I had great friends and, and family that were there for me in a really big way. So like so many other people, when we're post-divorce, part of my post-divorce rebuilding included a return to the workplace after being a stay-at-home mom with my young children. So my background was as a hospitality entrepreneur. I knew I didn't want to return to that career. My favorite parts of that work that I did for decades was definitely managing people and, and mentoring people and seeing them grow and learn and achieve new things. So I knew I would miss that the most, but I also had this yearning that was undeniable to use what I had just been through, to be able to help others go through this process just like I had just finished. So I set about trying to brainstorm how I was going to use my skills, my experience in my past profession, and this need that I had, had felt personally through my own process. And how the heck was I gonna launch a business to to do something with it. So believe it or not, the first time that I ever heard the term divorce coach was when I was researching my business to write a business plan. And when I heard it, it was a bell ringer. It was absolutely, that is what I needed. That's what would have filled that gap for me. And from there, I haven't looked back. Um, divorce coaching, I think, is such an incredible complimentary resource to the legal, financial, mental health professionals that do this business. Um, I think everybody that's considering divorce or in the muck or rebuilding afterwards would benefit from divorce coaching. And I think it's a really underutilized resource and I'm happy to be here to get the word out. Dory, I actually see divorce coaches as, as, as angels that come in and can just hold your hand through this and guide you, help you to deal with this with less stress, because not only have you been there, and thank you for sharing your why, but you have made the effort to educate and become very experienced as well, helping others. And you've seen many situations that can really support people. And it, I find it interesting. So I have to say it would be a huge relief. The paperwork, the the process just to sit down. A lot of people, it is their first time or the first time was horrible and they 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 had a bad experience and they really need some assistance uh, going forward and they recognize that. Now you had mentioned to me that in other countries, say in the United States, there's a, a, a higher recognition for, you know, it's, it's actually more awareness around the availability and the legal system is is used to working with and will encourage people to work with a divorce coach. Absolutely. Most of my colleagues are American. I do uh, ongoing continuing education and case consultation groups with other divorce coaches across North America primarily. And what's different in the United States is that the American Bar Association recognizes divorce coaching as an alternative dispute resolution resource. And we're not there yet in Canada. Um, and there are a few of us here compared to the population of divorce coaches in the U.S. So hopefully we follow suit and the availability becomes uh, much more accessible for Canadian people that are navigating. What would the process look like for people when they come to you? What, how do they start with you? Really easy. I know this is a time when the bandwidth is low that's available to do difficult things and complicated processes. So it's quite simply, they hop on my website, they book a free consultation, they show up and chat with me and have a coffee. And then we talk about what's, what's next, how I might be able to help them with their specific situation. There's no cookie cutter program. 
every divorce is different completely in nature. What works for one doesn't work for the other. So we at that time talk about what are the options for working with me? How is this going to look? How frequently would best serve them for us to get together and have sessions? And then it's an hour at a time by Zoom or by telephone. And away we go. So there would be, again, I just keep thinking of that word relief. Someone's in your corner and Mm -hmm. you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. You're not alone, just treading water and doing Google searches and watching YouTube and trying to figure out where, where do I need to be focusing my time and attention and, and how do I know that the outcome will be favorable and, uh, you know, who are the resources out there? So I'm assuming that through your work, you also, like you mentioned earlier, you help work with their lawyer Mm -hmm. and are there other modalities and other professionals out there that you also help coordinate and, you know, you'd have referrals that are trusted that you could point them towards. That's right. A bit more about that. Yeah. It's, you know, everybody has a story um, about their divorce. And so there's, you know, six, eight, 10 or more people in your ear telling you who you need, what you need and why, and they may be referring you to the shark um, or to a certain process. And, and I find it's really beneficial to look at a client's unique situation. Who are they divorcing? What has the communication been like to now? What are likely going to be the hot topics or the big issues? And then we look at what are the best resources for you in your situation? And I try and place people with the right resource. I've been known to say, um, you know, going to a litigator that is incredible in a courtroom when you could mediate your divorce instead is like going to the gynecologist when you blow out your knee. It's the wrong person (laughs) for what you need at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a pretty good picture. We can all relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Now, if someone is contemplating, they are not sure if they should stay or go. Yes. They can talk to you. Absolutely. It's a divorce coach's preference. Uh, We'd love to talk to people before any decision is made or right at the very beginning. When you're contemplating staying or going, there's so much work that you can do with a divorce coach to ease some of that stress. I like to put it into into three choices, actually. Stay, uh, stay well, go with a plan, or suspend the decision for now with some actions attached to that. So that's one big piece is what actually are the choices here and really narrowing down for the client what they're considering and walking the path of the pros and cons of each. And then another big one is if someone's asking you to choose between chocolate and vanilla, but you have no idea what chocolate tastes like, how are you supposed to make an informed decision? So right in the early days, it's lots of conversation about what is this mystery process, busting some of the myths, how do we get to child support and spousal support outcomes, what is division of assets, how does that get put together, what is parenting like, and then sometimes we can't make that decision until we can get some clarity on things like, if I choose to move towards divorce, will I need to leave the matrimonial home? Will I be able to feed myself and my children post-divorce? Does this mean I'm going to have to go back to work? So if those questions are important in order for you to decide, then you can work with the divorce coach to figure out how you're going to pull those answers together. And what I want to interject here, Dory, is that divorce coaches, Divorce Magazine Canada, the podcast, the support groups, all of that, we are not promoting divorce. Right. Right. Another another Doryism would be that <laughs> Divorce coaches are as pro-divorce as oncologists or pro-cancer. Yes. Okay. Right. Divorce is a serious decision, as we know, with very, very significant um, changes to your life, positive and negative. There are children involved. This Mm -hmm. is not a decision that we make easily or overnight. But if it's necessary, then to do it well and to do it with your intention and to have support to do it, that's why we're here. Now, where are they going to start? The strategizing steps, timing, 
right. That what do I do first story? Mm-hmm. Well, again, that's different for everyone. So like I said, if a divorce coach is blessed to start working with a client prior to any action being taken, then I personally think it's the kindest thing that you can do to break the news with a plan. If you're able to speak to your partner, explain that you are proceeding to divorce and you very thoughtfully and carefully are able to propose what's going to happen for just right now so that people can then go into separate corners, take a bit of a time to process this tsunami of emotions that come with that news and we're not worried about the immediate urgencies, then I think that's a really compassionate way to approach it. So first steps being not the lawyer. We don't want you to run off to the lawyer. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, before we're done today, Dina, about why. But we want to talk about how to do this. We want to practice and rehearse, potentially, some role-playing about delivering that news with confidence. And we want to put a strategy and a plan together that makes it right out of the gate, the type of divorce that you're hoping to have. If you can set the tone, then you have a better chance to be on an amicable path, a better chance to be the person that you want to be with your value set through this whole process. If you need a lawyer right away, then we'll talk that through. We'll look at at why, why you might need a lawyer right away. If you need a safety plan for your exit strategy, then we would talk about that as well. I know people think it feels icky to be working with a divorce coach when your partner doesn't know that Mm. you're taking up a divorce. And I I get that. I do think in the end, when the dust is cleared, that that work ahead of time, privately and in confidence, can really make it easier on both parties, not just the one that's leaving. And that makes sense. There's going to be an initial shock and blame. And, oh, you've obviously been thinking about this. You even have a plan already. But once that emotion, like you say, that tsunami of emotion fades, mm-hmm. they will appreciate that, okay, here's some things I can actually think about. We've we've got some concrete ideas and options that you've taken the time to to plan and, and discuss. And we've, we have a starting point, at least to talk about, instead of, well, now what? <laughs> you know? Right. And then just fight about every little thing that comes up. So I think that uh, it does definitely set the tone, even if it takes a little while to acknowledge that for for yeah. better outcome. And hopefully yeah, I've more seen amicable. Some people, some people do it so well in the best way possible, where they're able to say, you know, we're having this difficult conversation and I have some news to break to you. You may have some immediate questions about X, Y, and Z. Here's what I have found out already. Here are some ways we might deal with that immediately. And so we can rest into this separation period of minimum one year in Alberta, as we know, um, and take our time to get to the other big decisions. Now, how do we navigate that separation period? What are, what are some of the tips that you would have or suggestions or things you've right. seen have has worked well? Right. Uh, separation can be complete chaos, right? We've, we've thrown out all of the rules of our family up until now, and we're in this awful purgatory, no man's land. So if we can do the work in advance and we can address and propose how we might be dealing with the finances, for example, for just right now, and we pick a chunk of time, whether it be from now through the end of September, from now through December for this one year, if you can cast that far out in the future, where you're able to propose to your partner This is what I suggest and would be agreeable to for accommodations, for example. We may be able to do nesting for the children or navigate a a nesting co-parenting situation for at least this first three months, let's say. Or this person, where's the other parent going to go when they're not in the home for nesting? Who's paying for that? How are we protecting credit ratings? What can we do to ensure and commit to regular daily contact with the children when they're with the other parent and they're not there anymore. Putting all of those plans together about the joint bank account, who's paying the mortgage, what makes sense, what doesn't make sense. If we can put that to paper, not in a formal legal separation agreement, because we know they're not mandatory, but in more of a, 
what's our guidebook? What's our operating system for how we're going to get through this, this first piece or two until we can both get properly informed and then find out what the long-term outcomes are. It makes such a difference during separation. And the bottom line is we're in a period of, of real emotional difficulty. And at a time in our life when we feel the least equipped, the least energized, the least confident perhaps to make these big decisions, we have some really critical decisions that can't wait, like the kids in the house and the joint bank account. So how are we gonna handle that? And if we can predict that, propose it on paper and drop that at the same time that we're breaking the news, it can really start you off on the right path. Oh, I just can't even imagine now that you've described that entering into that conversation or that separation period without some of that homework done, because it's so hard to have that conversation anyways. And then if you, it's like, well, what do you want then? And you haven't even taken the time to consider that big list right. of things that I don't know what I want. I just know I want out or whatever it might be. Right. Or I want you out or, uh, you've had some time to process it and you're going to come across in that conversation in a calmer, more confident way. I think you can trust some of the decisions that you would, uh, and agreements that you could reach because you've had some time to, to think it through. And it would give you maybe a, a more gracious approach to allow that other person then to take the time to also figure out you know, mm -hmm. this is maybe the first time they've heard for sure that you, this is over, you do want to proceed. And now you've had some time to figure it out. You understand that it can take, it does take time to know what you want. And you're going to now allow that other person some time and say, okay, this is what I take, what I've, what I'm proposing. And you work towards see where we could, we could agree. Uh, yeah. Is that something that you're seeing that happens? I'm doing so much of this work right now and really thrilled at seeing the client's results when they're able to break the news with a thoughtful plan. They're respectful and civil. I had a client just recently this month um, break the news, you know, role-played the conversation, knew what he wanted to say. Um, it was very painful, obviously, but with the breaking of the news was here's the news you're not asking for divorce. We are proceeding to divorce because it's not a question. Um, and in the meantime, I want you to relax, knowing that we'll keep the financial status quo for now. There's nothing on fire about this. I will not tell the kids without you. When you've had some time to process this, I hope we can have a conversation about how we're going to present this to our children in a loving way. And in the meantime, here also is access to a $5,000 retainer so that you can go and get legal advice because it's important that you have someone that's able to support you that way through this. Incredible. I mean, how does that news land compared to I'm divorcing you. This is over. Now what? Mm -hmm. Who's leaving the house? Is the bank account gone? What happened to the credit card? I mean, we just spiral so quickly into fear and conflict when we don't have answers to provide right away to some of these things that can't wait. Now, how do people then proceed to find the right professionals and experts that can get them through that process and do the paperwork? You mentioned earlier uh, lawyers and helping, helping them communicate with their lawyers and also all these other documents that they may be having to produce, find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated process and there's a lot of heavy lifting along the way. Uh, it's unavoidable. There's no doubt about it. It's like, you know, building a house. How would you know how to do that? Same thing. You know, how do you know how to get divorced? You're going to need to rely on these professionals. And I work as a complement to legal professionals. I don't work without them. In fact, I don't do any DIY or self-represented people that are trying to navigate that process. I don't feel qualified to do that. So everybody I work with has a lawyer of some kind at some point in the process. And I see so many mistakes here. I, I see tremendous expense um, that's wasted on lawyers. And I 
don't buy into all of the venom about lawyers. In fact, my experience is the exact opposite. I think lawyers are there compassionately trying to practice law for their clients. And sometimes their clients put all the things that aren't law on their lap. And it's a costly mistake. So first thing I would say to that is, is don't hire a lawyer first. Don't hire the lawyer that the pallet, the water cooler told you you absolutely had to have. Um, and make a plan and be prepared to be a credible client in advance. So here's what I see happen. People are contemplating divorce. They hear the first thing they have to do is have a legal consultation. They do that. They go to the first person that somebody recommended and they can get in with. They don't know how to gauge what whether the consultation is suitable or not. They don't know what questions to ask um, at a legal consultation. They think it probably went okay, but they don't really have a lens to compare that to. So they go ahead and fill out the retainer agreement and they retain this lawyer. And now they feel empowered because I can do this. I can break the news because I have a lawyer. So they go ahead and break the news. They don't have a plan. And then sometimes we see people start slinging things back and forth like, well, you're going to have to go back to work because child support isn't going to feed you. Or we better put the house up for sale because the house is going to have to go. And of course, those things spin us into panic. Why wouldn't they? Those are terrible horrible unknowns. So what does a client do? A client then goes to their computer or their telephone and they bang off an email to the lawyer and say, in panic, am I going to have to leave the matrimonial home? How much is child support going to be? Is that going to be enough? Well, of course, that lawyer can't answer those questions because that lawyer doesn't have your data yet. So now you are jacked up. The train is out of the station. Here we go right into conflict. You're terrified. You're thinking to yourself over and over and over again, what the hell have I done? And now you may be even thinking with the vague answers from your lawyer, well, obviously I hired the wrong one. I better scramble to go get three more consultations and hire a different one because I've got the wrong lawyer because they can't answer this for me. Yikes. This scenario that Dory is drawing for us is unfortunately common and there is a better way and she's going to tell us more about that i also wanted you to know that we have an online symposium the divorce symposium is an online conference that is coming up on september the 26th it's held on a tuesday evening for three hours there is going to be jam-packed with presenters and information from our team and tickets are on sale right now the early bird pricing it's only 25 bucks very accessible you can also if you can't be there, buy a ticket that will give you full replays. So be sure and check that out. All the show notes will have the links for that and the event ticket link is going to be there as well. Now let's get back to Dory and find out what solutions she has to suggest and offer. And you're frustrated and frankly, the lawyer's frustrated because they do want to help you. But they can't answer your question about, will I have to leave the matrimonial home until they see complete financial disclosure from both sides? So can we get complete financial disclosure ready and prepared? And can you show up to your consultation with financial disclosure? Can you work with me and get clarity on what is an emotional matter and what is a legal matter and not confuse the two? Can you pose proper legal questions and get efficient answers? Or are you flooding reports of all the bad behavior by email to your lawyer that really has no significance? And we know lawyers charge for their time as they should. So you're eating up dollars and time and incurring frustration because you're not being a credible client for your legal professional. So there's a little story. I was at a, I did a presentation at, at one of our awesome local law firms uh, recently. And I opened the presentation by asking those that table full of lawyers, uh, have you or are you working with any clients currently that to your knowledge work with a divorce coach? And uh, to my surprise, one of the lawyers, a partner in the firm uh, said, yeah, I am actually. And I'd like to talk about it. I said, okay. I wasn't quite sure where she was going. <laughs> 
And uh, she said, yeah, I had a consultation. It was an intake consultation. I'd never met this person before. And this potential client showed up and she had all of her financial black and white picture. She knew the, the language. She knew what she was hoping for for parenting. She also knew what might be the tricky things to negotiate that, that might be a tough sell to the other side, but were important to her. She knew already what she could probably live with if she had to. And she came with a list of excellent, excellently prepared legal questions. So this partner said to this potential client, wow, where did you come from? This is, this is rare and this is not the way this normally goes. How on earth did you come up with, with this prep for doing this? And um, the client said, well, I, I worked with a divorce coach in advance and I have spent a month or two being prepared to do this. And I, I knew the questions that she couldn't answer that were legal in nature. And she told me to ask you these questions. And then hallelujah, <laughs> it worked out beautifully that um, the partner then shared that the divorce coach that that particular client had worked with was me. Amazing. And it was such a great win of a moment to know that, that lawyers on the receiving end of clients that are working with divorce coaches are having a better time and lawyers want to practice law. I had another lawyer say, I'm compassionate, Dory. I'm empathetic. I don't want to see my clients in pain, but I didn't train to deal with the tears. I, that's not my skill set. That's not my forte. And it, it pains lawyers to want to help, but that's also not why they signed up to do this. They're great at law and we need to allow them and support them and provide documentation to them that allows them to be great at law for you. So oh, there's, I there's a huge opportunity. Here. <clears throat> Sorry. There's so much confidence on both sides, the client that's coming in and feeling more confident, more prepared, has a better picture when they even come to their lawyer of what the process may be like, that they feel prepared. And the lawyer is like, yes, I can, I can represent you in a far better way. I have this information. We can talk specifics to your case. And it's not a lot of, okay, please go back and dig this up, dig this up. What about this? Do you even know? And the person's just sitting there shell-shocked going, I want a divorce. I don't have a clue what I want, what the process is. Uh, and like you say, it eats up a lot of time and money, frustration, and the outcomes are not going to be the same. I think we can pretty confidently and, you know, predict that, that right. it's just, it'll be a whole different process. And all the emotion that comes with that, they're already starting to build some confidence mm -hmm. in themselves because they're going to have less mess and dragging it out and surprises and setbacks and mm -hmm. frustration. And if one party's feeling that it's going to be the same on the other side or worse. So it, it'll just help so much in the whole picture. I just, I love hearing how it is taken on, on the legal side too. And, and, you know, what they experience and how much they're seeing the benefit to it on the emotional side. How can people manage their emotions through this? Is that something that you also guide them with? Because like you say, that is not part of the legal system. Right. That's right. So as a divorce conflict coach, um, a lot of that learning and training and skill set is working with emotional regulation. So we have to show up sometimes in semi- anxiety causing, but voluntary processes like mediation or collaborative four-way meetings, where we're going to be sitting face-to-face -face, um, in a really emotionally triggering situation with our former partner. Maybe tensions have been high. Maybe there's been infidelity. Maybe there's a lot on the table that makes us really scared and nervous to have that conversation in person with, with the other side. And we can lose it. We, we can absolutely fall apart. We can burst into tears, blank, not self-advocate, throw in the towel, and they can be really, really traumatizing occasions. And then even worse than that 
is when you get into non-voluntary processes like questioning, examination and discoveries, doing a P and seven, a, a parenting intervention intake process, where you know there is a lot on the table, there's a lot at stake, and you have to show up alone in these processes and be able to answer questions, to communicate information properly, to self-advocate, negotiate for best outcomes, to show up as your best self when you want to throw up or burst into tears. So there's a, a whole toolkit that I have um, work in preparation of those processes. We see that date circled on the calendar sometimes. We know it's coming, keeps us up at night. If we can get really informed and do some training in effect with this skill gap so you can show up. The best call for me is when a client finishes a difficult process and phones me or texts me or drops me a line and says, you know, Dory, I did it. I didn't cry. I didn't lose it. I asked for a break or two. I said what I needed to say. I covered all of the material. I succeeded. And they are so empowered and feeling so excited and confident because they did this incredibly hard thing. And they did it well. They showed up as their best self. And the cool thing is, Nina, is that these are skills that are not just suitable for right now. These are things that we're learning that we can use in the future as parents, as colleagues, as as um, potential new partners with people. The ability to communicate for yourself when emotions are high is a life skill and we're not born with it. So if we don't have those skills to now, we're gonna need them in divorce. And there's lots we can do there. I think that's beautiful. And I'm hearing that from different professionals that I've had on the show where what they gain during the process of working through whatever it is, whether it's uh, with them specifically or with a skill that they've learned that they are now bringing into the situation, it does help you for life, the rest of your life. It's a new life skill. And why not take the opportunity to learn those and not just give up and yeah. uh, continue to judge yourself and uh, just implode in some cases right yeah so learning how to process those emotions how to deal with them how to communicate and have confidence is is incredible and i love that it's something that is encouraged even when we're in this horrible chaotic transition in our lives because that's when it will serve us and when we will see results from it and you will how incredible would that be to step out of a situation where, like you say, you've seen that date circled on the calendar and you walk into it prepared, mm -hmm. just like when you have those consults in the legal system, uh, whatever that situation might be, you walk into it more prepared and the outcomes again are greatly affected. If you, if you leave it and you're like, I didn't represent myself, I didn't express what I wanted and then how are you going to get that if you haven't learned to communicate? I love that you do role-playing as well. Mm -hmm. And it, it gives people a chance to build that muscle memory and speak it out loud to another person in a safe space right. so that when they are in this other, there's some memory to that and it, it'll come through more calmly and clearly. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest mistakes in divorce is, is throwing in the towel, right? People just give up and say, I just want it over with. I can't do this torturous thing anymore because the anxiety takes over. And it's so difficult to show up for those excruciating at times meetings and processes again and again and again that we just cut and run because we can't take it. And, and it I the outcomes greatly. Yeah, I know it did for me. I just wanted out. And I mean, I'd come from over 30 years in a narcissistic abusive relationship. So I really just wanted out. And I realized there could have been better outcomes if I had understood more of what I wanted or what, what rights I had and how to approach that. So a divorce coach would have been very beneficial in that situation. Now, Speaking about those types of high conflict, sorry, um, 
situations with, you know, there could be personality conflicts. We struggle to have our own boundaries around that because obviously it's been a struggle throughout the relationship as well. And I know for myself, you just felt like you were on eggshells and always trying to keep the peace, your boundaries, what boundaries, right? It was right. just uh, do whatever it took to try and keep the peace and not trigger this person. How can we come out of that type of a situation and, and learn to start establishing those boundaries? Actually, during the process is when that would start, I'm guessing. Right, right. So high conflict divorce, yes. Uh, high conflict divorce can be because of a personality disorder. You know, the, the, the buzzword uh, currently, of course, is people are coming into more and more awareness about narcissistic personality disorder. There are others. There are people navigating high conflict divorces with addiction and intimate partner violence and different layers of things that make divorce harder. Um, in some cases, it's about complex financial situations as well that take more processes. So high conflict divorce is my favorite flavor, um, which sounds odd, even to my own ears. I do like a challenge, but high conflict divorce is where I do a majority of my private consultation work, uh, because I think there's the most room to make a difference there. A high conflict divorce is typically the longest the most traumatic, uh, definitely the most expensive, involves the most steps. Often there are practice note seven interventions that are included, or there's forensic accounting, or there's there's more involved in a high conflict divorce. So I really, really, really feel that anybody that's navigating a high conflict personality or divorcing them, uh, a divorce coach is, is an incredible tool. I do teach a lot about proper boundary setting in high conflict divorce, there's a lot of communication protocol work that can make the biggest difference. There's an extra documentation burden. If you're involved in extensive litigation, there are going to be other things. It's exhausting like no other. It completely overwhelms you and takes every bit of bandwidth that you have and more. So there are so many things that we can do to support you in high conflict divorce, boundary setting, looking at your conflict style. Uh, thinking strategically, putting putting your helmet on and protecting you a little bit from maybe the blasts that are coming endlessly. How do you navigate that? How do you deal with false accusations? How do you deal with someone on the other side that's saying things about you to the children that aren't true? It's a it's an all intenses intense um process for you to get through and can be really all consuming. So as a divorce conflict, conflict coach and someone that went through it myself and have voraciously read all of the books and all the Bill Eddy and all the this and all the that, I, I can't tell you it's going to be easy to divorce this type of personality, but I can tell you it's going to be possible. And there's a lot that you can do to not be a victim and to stand helplessly by while they call the shots. I like the way you put it. You phrased it one time as unhooking from the drama. Yeah, absolutely. And and it will it will be never ending in some circumstances until you take a different strategy and put some tools to work. It's funny. I just did a, a session this morning with a group and it was very specifically about how to deal with divorcing a high conflict personality and all of the tools and tips that we can we can employ out there. It's encouraging for anyone listening to know that there are numerous ways of dealing with this situation that you have experienced in numerous situations that, like you say, they're each unique, but you do see certain patterns and tools that you know could work or could at least be an option for people. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, you have no idea what I'm in. Well, no, your situation probably is unique. However, there's a multiple set of tools and you are, are well-versed and, and adding to them all the time. So I think it's really encouraging for people to know that there, there are ways to get through it and save your sanity. And uh, 
you know, just come out of it in a calmer, stronger way than you were uh, during that time. Now, I want to jump back to the parenting that you mentioned earlier. Now, there was a phrase called nesting that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like if I assume, I think I know what you meant from the context of your example, parenting plan development, uh, so that it can be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on that a bit, please? Yeah, I, I spend a lot of my client hours on this matter for sure. And people can come to me for a short bit of work exclusively just on the parenting plan. Sometimes it's just one-off work, all for that. And then, of course, it's part of getting to a divorce is building that parenting plan. And what we typically see are, are boilerplate parenting plans that are not very fat. There's a few details in them, just as as much as is required by law, and away we go. But there are so many other things in co-parenting that we can talk about. So I'm a big, big, big believer that the more detailed a parenting plan is, the more successful your co-parenting will be. I think a co-parenting or a parenting plan predicts and prevents what we know is going to be choppy waters ahead. I think the more clarity that we can put into a parenting plan and think of it as sort of an operating system or a training manual or a guidebook um, for your co-parenting the more you can put into that so that it avoids discretionary decisions down the road, particularly with equal decision-making responsibility. Right? When parents have 50-50 equal decision-making responsibility, nobody has the bigger stick. So if parent A says, I want the child to go to this school, and parent B says, I want the child to go to that school, how is that going to get sorted? Right? We want to talk about What are the processes? What happens if there is a disagreement? What can we agree to right at the time of divorce that provides us a path forward about to get to the remedy on this disagreement? Um, When we have babies, right? Remember those days way back when, when (laughs) we're becoming parents, we're probably reading all the books. They were paper books back in my day, Mm -hmm. right? What to expect. Um, we were researching, we were asking questions, we were thinking about all the choices we had. How do we want to be as moms? What sort of systems? What sort of routines? What's the best for us? How can we make this work? And we put a lot of time and effort and energy into that. And then through trial and error, we settled into whatever our pre-divorce system was for our family. Family routines, structures, this is how this works. And then when facing divorce, of course, we take all of that and we blow it to smithereens. So now we've got to put that back together and it's going to look different. So I can help clients with the learning. We can talk about best practice for different types of parenting calendars. We can talk about how do the holidays work? Who gets the kids Christmas 2029? What do I do if I want to go on vacation with a child? How do we um, attend to and deal with decisions about education? Extracurriculars, oh boy, there's a lot to fight with about, fight about when it comes to extra, extracurriculars. So we try and, and, and really do a lot of work on that plan um, so that it's there as part of the legal agreement, but mostly so it's there to give you a guidebook about how you're going to show up as a co-parent and how we're gonna smooth out the bumps as you settle into this new routine. It's our kids, there are, Number one outcome that we hope is that our kids get by unscathed and that both parents are able to support the children and that the children aren't unpacking this 30 years from now on a therapist couch. Mm-hmm. I I think it's fantastic that you've mentioned the more detail, the better, because I think some people resist. Well, that's too nitpicky that we don't need to right. sort all that out now. But then when that situation comes up, there's going to be conflict around it. And if it's been thought out a bit ahead of time, mm-hmm. it's, it will help. And these are fluid. These can, they can come back in and rework these in in the future because children grow, change, there's right. moves, there's different interests and uh, situations that'll come up that couldn't have been predicted ahead of time to include in that plan. Now, uh, nesting is when the children stay in the home and then- right. Yeah, nesting is a is a, a fairly common option for people freshly separating. So, you know, household finances are household finances. Income amounts don't change 
when we proceed to separation. So we still have to pay for the matrimonial home. And now there's going to be expense potentially to pay for another residence. You know, how are we going to do that? Is one person going to stay in the mat home and the other residence uh, is the other parent and the children are going to move back and forth? Maybe that other residence is just a just for now type of accommodation that is smaller in nature. Maybe it's a family of six and we're going to go and get a one bedroom. How's that going to work? The kids probably don't want to go and do that. So we leave the kids in the home and the parents come and go. And uh, we know it's got some difficulty being a long-term solution, but sometimes can be the preferred choice right in the very beginning for economics and for the kids' sake. Right. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. That's, hmm. it is good to know that that option is out there for families to consider. And when we're talking about outcomes, how do we gain clarity around the outcomes that we want and hmm. evaluate those settlement proposals? Right. I think I see people, for example, ready to fight to the death to stay in the matrimonial home. And sometimes we're doing that and we're engaging and directing legal to pursue that for us. But we don't have clarity on what that outcome looks like. So if it's the matrimonial home issue, which is a big hot one, um, then it's about, well, what does that look like for you? Staying in the matrimonial home, what is the mortgage cost? What are the other costs associated with, with keeping the home? How about handling, looking after the home by yourself? Are you going to be house poor when this is done? If you couldn't keep the home, where else might you be going? What would that look like? And really deep diving into option A versus option B for them and, and giving them the space and a thinking partner to explore all of the possible options and to brainstorm things and to do it really thoroughly. So we don't show up and fight for things that we didn't really spend enough time and investment thinking about what we're fighting for. So it's about what really matters to you. Can we stack it in order of importance from what is your absolute must have, I really would hate to do this without this outcome to what could I probably give up without so much as batting an eye and where do I want to end up and really looking at um, you know before you go into mediation for example or before you make a draft settlement proposal or when you're analyzing a draft settlement proposal in preparation to make a counter offer if you have clarity on what's really important to you then those steps are so much easier and again what I love about working with a divorce coach or divorce mentor like yourself is that there are so many options you may not have even considered mm. and not only options, but actual considerations. Mm. How do I make this decision about what I want? So this is what I want. Okay. Let's dig into this. Mm -hmm. What would it mean if you got what you want? So sometimes it's to be careful what you wish for, because if you got that, uh, what does that mean for you? Mm -hmm. And someone with a, a clear calm head who has seen many different situations play out can bring some very valid questions to that examination mm -hmm. and, and help you dig into the the depths of what you're committing to or what you're hoping to gain and it, it's a safe space again it allows you you're not in the fight of it with it with the person that is also wanting things uh, has outcomes that they want you mm -hmm. have a safe place where you can examine these and if you change your list and your priorities you will feel safer allowing yourself to do that mm -hmm. because it's not like this is the hill i'm dying on and whether it's right or wrong or the outcome like right. i'm just i'm fighting for this and it just gives them a chance to go, Oh, okay. Well, let's adjust that a little bit. I think maybe I want to rethink that. And again, if this is even done prior to that conversation, it mm -hmm. can completely change that conversation and that outcome. It's like, you know, I've, I've put some thinking into it. I, as much as I love our home, for example, I don't think I could manage it either for whatever reasons to stay here. So 
if you know, do, would you want it? That's something you can think about, or what would we do with it? So mm-hmm. that would be another example of being prepared ahead of the conversation and and having that person guide you through that examination of, okay, this is everything I want. Do you? And let's let's really determine whether that is valid for you and at least at this point in time. Yeah. And then from there, they're building blocks. So this is what I want. This is what I'd like to see happen. Okay. Let's, let's reality test that. And let's get really clear on your why about why that your list looks the way it looks. And again, coaches don't tell people what should be their priorities. This is about excavating and uncovering what's important to the client and and asking them thoughtful leading questions to get there to that juicy nugget that maybe they're not even conscious of. And then we take this want list and then it's, okay, what are you legally entitled to when we compare? So maybe I send you off, let, you know, here, go have this list of thoughtful questions, legal questions with your lawyer and say, you know, what's my entitlement look like compared to what I, I thought I was seeking and get clarity on that. And then when you're in a negotiation, well, what if I don't say yes to this offer? So what's my best alternative to a negotiated agreement, my BATNA? What happens if I don't do this? What's at risk if I go forward into litigation, for example, or I refuse this offer? And to have real clarity on all of those details so that you're able to make the decisions that you can live with. Now, what about after the divorce? Mm. After the divorce. Well, we know that divorce papers don't mean you're at the finish line. It's a piece of paper. So divorce is two sides of, of the process. There's the business or the transactional part of divorce. And then, of course, there's the emotional part of divorce. So divorce papers mean that the business of divorce is done and that should be applauded and celebrated and, and feel like a finish because that's a Herculean event, as we know. But now the really important work begins with rebuilding. So your divorce now what? Divorce doesn't mean happy. Divorce doesn't mean you've got this great new chapter on its own. Divorced means maybe we've got a clean slate or rather the slate isn't clean. It's full of all this emotional muck. So post-divorce recovery work is about the emotional healing. Looking back at how the heck did I get here? What choices did I have in the rearview mirror? Can I look at why I decided to stay longer or to tolerate X, Y, Z, or to not speak about this? Why didn't I leave earlier? Why did I pick that person? Answering all those questions for yourself, doing the deep work of letting go of shame and judgment of yourself, finding the silver linings, finding the lessons and learning with curiosity and non-judgment about why you did what you did. Um, so that that's empowering you for maybe the next round if dating is on the table. In post-divorce, it's also career rebuilding. It's your new financial realities and all of the money matters of post-divorce. It's uh, creating a vision for what the heck you want next because everything that you've been thinking of, planning of, and expecting since you wore that dress is all gone. So how do we fill that? How do we make this chapter better than the last one? And what are the action steps it's going to take and in what order to start seeking to achieve some of those goals that we set for ourselves? And is that something that a divorce mentor can help guide you through and also link you with the appropriate professionals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have um, not many, but I have a few clients that start working with me specifically for post-divorce recovery. Yeah, they, they've been long divorced. Um, you know, I think of a, a client, for example, that's been divorced for many, many years already, but signed up because that client felt like they were still stuck. They were still stuck in the trauma, still stuck in the why, and had not been able to achieve anything of meaning in this big, wide open road, and really wanted to look at how the divorce and the breakdown of the marriage was still a really heavy backpack to carry around and to analyze that and to do the work. It's full circle. It's holistic. It's a, it's a safe, supportive friend that you can lean on and 
and really has your back through. I mean, we're talking everything from paperwork to drama, feelings, healing, mm -hmm. parenting. It's very comprehensive. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's all custom. It's all based on, on what the client needs, right? And everyone is different. Your work changes every day, depending on what's going on. And it's great to be able to meet my client in whatever space they're in and be able to be a place to listen, but more importantly, a place to talk about how we might actually take steps to address what's going on so that it stops, gets better, improves, resolves. It's great. I, I so appreciate your time today to just help us understand what is needed through a divorce. And of, of course, it's very unique to each person, but there's so much more to it that we aren't necessarily expecting to face and to realize that we can be prepared, which will make the process less painful and help with the, all the drama and just have somebody in your corner that will guide you. And, you know, you don't just have to Google how to, I keep referring to that, but a lot, a lot of people do. And it's partly because they're embarrassed to talk to somebody about their, that they don't understand what this could all involve and they don't know where to start. And like you said, often it's the lawyers. So thank you for sharing just how comprehensive this is, what, what the difference can make mm -hmm. for, for people that it, it really does help dial down the intensity of it and uh, you know you you start off on that foot right away you're you're going to change outcomes you will I'm anticipating you would also very likely have a more amicable parenting relationship in the future if the whole thing isn't set off with a, a, a high conflict type of conversation right at the start mm -hmm. so um, I I just think it's it's amazing and to have an opportunity to role play to to be prepared in a calmer way and uh the whole ending is is as happy as it, it as it possibly can be and and that you're also there i love that uh they can come to you on, for one-offs as well if there's just something that they they need a little extra support in at whatever point they are even years out so that's that's just amazing dory and Again, I can see the halo shining there because that's how it that's how it seems is many of us can relate to having gone through it without the support of a divorce coach. And I'm I'm really hoping that Canada ups their game on that and that more and more will become interested in offering that service to be to get that training to to start being there for people in that way and uh, even the awareness that you're out there, you know, the, the legal system, if, if there is a free consult and they can say, okay, great. I would suggest that you go to a divorce coach, a divorce mentor and prepare for, uh, you know, all the things that you will have to deal with so that they are seeing what that lawyer experienced that you shared with us earlier and what it meant to them. So yeah, I just, I love, I love hearing what's happening and I'm, I really want to bring more awareness to the fact that there are people like you out there. Thank you for what you do. And we will have you back again. I am doing some little bite-sized episodes where we can just jump in and, and address, you know, one situation, say one example and what you would suggest for people that might be a tool because their brains are in chaos and mm -hmm. to try and uh, to deal with maybe even just one part of it would help give them a little bit of uh, peace and, and, and confidence. So thank you for your time. I look forward to having you back again. Do you have any parting thoughts that, that you would like to share? Well, I'm so grateful that you had me on, Dina. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's a, it's a pleasure to spread the word about divorce coaching, um, particularly to Canadians. Um, and I can't guarantee that the divorce for anyone is going to be easy because it's not, yeah. but we know with the right support 
and guidance, thoughtful strategy from professional practicing divorce coaches that we can definitely make it easier. We can make it faster. We can make it cheaper and we can take some of the stress out of it along the way. So it gets, you get to the other side a lot faster and a lot more intact. That's great. And people can find you. Where uh, is the best place? TheDivorceMentor.ca. And that will take you to all the other things, the social media, the um, my calendar and the booking platform. And I can usually be accessed within the week for a 30-minute coffee conversation over Zoom. And uh, we can get to work right away. That's great. And don't panic, everyone. We're going to have all her contact information in the show notes and jump on our YouTube channel as well, where you can watch this interview and get to meet Dory. Thanks again, Dory. Thank you, Dina. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through divorce or separation. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, divorce resource groups, blog, and all content, including our podcast, is intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada does not constitute endorsements for nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.